0: Okay, but that just means we need to, like, punch Arlen enough to deal damage to him, and eventually he'll be able to cast all the levels of spells. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll hit him, like, four times and just as a fireballs about to erupt on him, I'll, we can just chuck him in the bad guys.
1: <laughs> and and we we now know that our main healer is not going down quite as often in combat.
2: We hope
0: That's what, that was my recollection. It seems
1: like where there's fog, there's evil. You know, if you just don't have a gleaming like Pegasus, I mean, what are you really, right? You know? Chapter 205, The Halfway House. Okay. So, in the last episode, you all had uh, joined a family friend there in Faram Mons for a nice evening of dwarvish hospitality, and uh, that went uh, actually swimmingly well. You got to meet the gnomish historian, which was the uh, hope that you had for that particular encounter, and he did indeed uh, confirm that somewhere between Colesque and Pheromons, there was indeed a gnomish settlement of Tinkers, where the the gnomes used to live, but it was overrun during the Mage Wars, and the refugees all streamed over to Pheromons and sought shelter there, and the gnomes have been there ever since. So somewhere between Koleskwe and Pheromons, a little more towards the it was what they were saying, um, high up in the mountains, there was a a tinker settlement, and the uh, journal that you got seemed to imply that somewhere up there was where one of the flactories was hidden. And so you had just taken out of Fairmont. Cotter had summoned a gleaming white pegasus because, you know... You know, if you just don't have a gleaming like Pegasus, I mean, what are you really, right? You know, <laughs> and uh, the rest of you were all on uh, riding rams. Uh, the smaller ones had uh, some Ram 1500s and some the la- larger of you had Ram 2500s. And uh, you guys were taken out there. It was, it's a, a beautiful, uh, sunshiny day, a beautiful autumn, autumn day to be out on the roads. And you're taking off. You know, as I am quite proficient
0: in calligraphy. I think I'd like to paint some wings on my ram because I'm not going to be stood up by Pegasus lad over there. OK. So would you like some you racing like stripes, to too? Out, like with the ink on the I, no, sides? I, I'm a master. I know how to do it. And I'm going to draw elaborate, beautiful wings on my ram. As we're riding? Well, when we take a break, because I'm not going to be walking around with you with your Pegasus what and I don't have like, any wings.
3: Smudge off on your legs?
0: Not the way I paint it.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, actually, tell you what, Noan, give me a um, performance roll. 13? Okay. So, um, uh, Adri, you do notice there's a, kind of a little smudging on the back of his breeches, uh, but he seemed to do a pretty good job of, of uh, putting those wings down. So that, that worked out pretty well. But yeah, he, he did actually also include a pair of racing stripes down the uh, nose and to the tail. And uh, he uh, went and inscribed a couple of air intakes on the backside of the, uh, the haunches there. So, you know, it really looks like he's got it uh, supercharged.
0: And my steed has racing stripes. I'd like to point that out, Carter. Mm-hmm.
3: Hmm.
1: Mine flies. <laughs> very understated. Very nice. Okay, so you guys start taking off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you start taking off, and um, it's about a two-day ride between uh, Faramons and Koleskwe. And like I said, it's a, a perfect autumn day for a ride. It's, there's a little bit of bite in the air now, uh, this late in the autumn, uh, even even here right next to the Mare. And you can't help but notice, um, as you uh, look upwards, that uh, after, especially after that last huge storm that came through while you guys were busy battling it out with Exculbarium Calis, uh, that the heights seem an awful lot whiter, as they often do. The uh, very tallest peaks there in the range between the kingdom and whatever is on the other side of the mountains never do lose their snow caps. But the lower peaks now seem to be coated in white.
3: And is that a sign of a harsh winter coming? Or is that a sign of like winter coming early? Or is um, it just normal?
1: It, uh, it seems pretty normal for this time of year. I mean, it, it may be a little early for the heights to be quite this white. But uh, then that last storm was a doozy. So it may have dumped a lot of snow.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, is anybody doing anything extra special while you're riding down the road?
3: I mean, I think every so often I'll just, like, fly up, do a circle, fly back down. Okay. Just to make sure that there's... For
0: any reason or just to
3: flex? I mean, (laughs) that's a reason anyway. But um, in addition to that, just to, like, make sure that we aren't, like, walking past the ruins of an ancient gnomish city that was way closer than we were told or something.
1: Okay, well, you should have no trouble with that. Um, obviously, it's supposed to be at least a full day away, and it's supposed to be up in the mountains, and you guys are currently going down the uh, the high road on the north side of the Mahare. Uh, although there is only a high road, and, a, and that's it on the north side. The the south side has the high road and the lower road. But, uh, yeah, it's it's you definitely impress uh, any of the local people that are walking along. But there just isn't a whole lot of traffic going this direction there's there's a fair, fair deal of traffic going between ferrum mons and port and magnum um what you really kind of run into is just there's a couple of carters that appear to be transporting cases of you know wine back and forth between Colesque and ferrum mons and some other produce things like that there's probably some coffee bean shipments going out but um if you remember when you were flying by initially months ago you noticed that the area between Colesque and Farmonds is was more devastated than many of the other areas were you know fa- farms were abandoned and things like that and that's kind of what you're seeing there's there's a lot of just abandoned farmsteads that you know they're beginning to hang off the doors off the hinges and windows are broken and there's missing shingles you know the, there's no sign that the crops were ever planted this year um, you know, the ones that do so show signs of, of, crops being planted seem to be, have, you know, someone's, someone's finally given up the ghost and, and has, uh, finally failed to, uh, rein them in. They should have been harvested a long time ago. There's rotting in the field and, uh, everybody roll for me, if you would, a perception check.
3: 15.
2: 11.
1: And how about, uh, Craval?
2: 24.
1: Okay. And Adri?
2: 13.
1: And Noan? 22. And uh, finally, um, Arlen?
0: Grand total of a nine.
1: Okay. So uh, Arlen is kind of more enamored with this riding ram. It's a beautiful example of uh, of livestock, and he wouldn't mind having one on his farm. Is Um, it lifted? But uh, (laughs) actually, it's a low rider ram. It's got little tiny stubby legs. And uh, then uh, it's got a little spinning things on the hooves too, um, but uh, Noan and creval it doesn't escape your notice that there is still fogs coming down out of the mountains to your right hand side, so north into the mountains between Faramonts and Koleskwe, and. Uh, you take a quick scan around and you really can't see any evidence of those mountain fogs in any other direction. Granted, you know, the South side of the mare is all the way across the mare and you can just barely see the peak sticking up there, but it does seem kind of um, conspicuous that, you know, looking back towards um, Port of Magnum, there's doesn't seem to be fogs coming down there looking past, you know, in the distance where, you know, over Colesque seems like it's, Pretty clear, but here between Faramonds and Koleskway, up in the mountains to the north, it's there's definitely still fogs kind of rolling downhill out of the peaks.
2: I'll uh, draw up next to no one and mention. Didn't someone mention that the fogs cleared as we were killing off phylacteries? That's what that was my recollection. It seems like where there's fog, there's evil. Based off that, I would say that's the direction, at least possibility, our town might lie.
3: Is it centered where we are? Is it just this whole region?
1: Basically, you're just kind of seeing it flowing down from, as, as you look to the north, you know, so somewhere just slightly west of Faramond's. Uh, and then you just kind of look off in the distance and just pretty much as far as you can see in front of you towards Kaleskwe. Obviously, Kaleskwe is two days away, so you can't see that far from where you are on, on uh, even, even rising in the air on the Pegasus. Uh, but yeah, the, there seems to be just fogs dribbling down that whole area. But then once again, if you're looking past Kaleskwe in the distance, you don't see any around the, the peaks above Valleys Callii. You don't see them flowing down the hill behind Faramons towards Port of Magnum.
2: Seems as though we follow the fog and at least gets us a general direction. I'll kind of just try to get everyone's attention with a quick snap of my fingers. Not not like an appearsly, but just trying to catch your attention and um, bring them, you know, mention what I said to no I was like, anybody else have any idea other than follow the fog? Because I think that might be our best bet here.
1: Well, the big trouble with following the fog is basically it's everything on your right side as far as you can see. So it's somewhere between... You know, it's, it's coming down basically in the area between Faramons and Kalesque.
2: Um, I want to dismount from the ram for a minute and spend 10 minutes to cast ritualistically, uh, I always forget the name of the spell, speak with animals. And then I'm going to have the owl fly out a ways and see if he can find the thickest patch and then come back and report.
1: Okay. And, uh, actually when you cast speak with animals, um, the first thing he says is, Hey, do you see that Pegasus? Isn't that cool?
2: Snow owls are cool. Pegasuses are annoying.
1: It's like, well, that's true. But you ever see a horse with wings? That's amazing. And then it launches off your arm and goes up into the air. You guys see the snow owl climb, climb, climbing up into the air and it turns into a little tiny dot. Um, and how long do you want it to go for? About, did you say about half an hour?
2: Um, as long as it, as long as it would take to reasonably ascertain that, I think this is where it's the worst.
1: Sounds good. And so, um, it's gone for a little while. You all have time for a mid-morning snack and, uh, um, uh, Arlen is able to do a quick, uh, Ted talk on how to properly curry comb a ram. And then, um, the, uh, little dot becomes, gets bigger and bigger and it slowly circles in and, and lands on your arm again. And it uh, says, it's all very thick, but it seems to be thickest immediately to our right. And then also off to the right in front of us, closer to the valley over there. Hmm. And certainly that second one would sort of coincide with where the gnome home was supposed to be. Hmm. The closer one
2: thank you my old friend and then i'm not speaking in hoots and clicks i will tell them what the owl said and i think i think we should head that direction at least now we have a more precise direction yeah
3: that closer one could be the uh, castle in the sky as well or no, if, if he left in the there. sky was like on a cloud like
2: in i get sky. the feeling that the owl would have issues i mean recently. The castle in the sky
3: i mean it probably didn't see the castle in the sky but the effect of the phylactery is probably below the castle in the sky
2: well one thing at a time i think right now we're oh, on yeah. the goal of finding this one let's find this one first mm-hmm. absolutely
1: so we continue on towards koleskwe then
2: yeah
3: towards that valley that was so. pointed out
1: okay and you, and you get the feeling the valley that he was talking about was the large valley that is koleskwe so, it, it is somewhere over in that direction.
3: Oh, so we didn't really gain that much.
1: Then. Well, we get a little certainty, maybe. I guess. Very good. So, you uh, keep going there, and day turns into noon, and you have your noon meal, and noon turns into afternoon, and um, just as it's getting to be kind of evening time, um, you come across an interesting site. There is a stone foundation, and... Those of you that have been along this way before between Calesque and Fair Mons, can't remember seeing one. And, and the stones do look newly worked. And there's a um, signboard. And someone has scrawled kind of roughly on it uh, with some paint. It's not done really artistically. And it just says, future home of the halfway house. And then on the bottom, someone as like an uh, afterthought. You know kind of realizing this didn't say much, scrawled in even smaller letters, good food and drink interesting, and you're kind of wondering why nobody thought of this sooner,
3: um because no one lives here anymore yeah, yeah, but yeah,
1: uh, have be.
0: we heard anything about this like in town or anything?
1: um actually, well, roll for me like a history check twenty five four <laughs> okay, um so uh Adri, you did actually overhear somebody in Mons When you were there for the evening, just now, now you're kind of connecting the dots, or at least you think you are. Um, someone mentioned something about some crazy halfling that was trying to set up a, a brand new inn in between Kalesque and, and Mons. This must be it. All
0: right. Well, right, I'll share that with the rest of the party.
1: Good investment
0: opportunity. Yeah. What does no does, one does remember? Does the sign
2: look old, or does like it, does it look like? this was a project that was starting and then was abandoned or it looks it
1: fresh look- and it's- brand new. Um, okay. you know, the, the wood of the sign is, is, uh, all brand new and the, uh, paint doesn't seem to be faded at all. So it seems, it seems like someone just started this, this project here. So, so maybe you think someone thinks that things are looking up, even though they seem to be pretty dismal here. And it has been dismal. I mean, you've basically been tracking all day through basically ruined farms and so forth. And, and, uh, the few soul folks that you've seen kind of just look haunted, and uh, browbeat and, and uh, bedraggled. It's uh, uh, the only folks that didn't seem that depressed and down. Uh, you know, seem to be just the travelers going from Colesque to Feramonts and back, which once again is definitely not nearly the level of traffic that you're getting between Feramonts and Porta Magnum. You know, a lot of the a lot of the traffic goes by sand ship or airship, and and uh, not a whole lot going this way. Okay, um, so actually it's getting kind of dark. Did you want to camp here uh, in proximity to the uh, to the halfway house or did you want to keep going a ways or what do you want to do?
0: I think we should camp right where the new stones are. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll run into the owner or someone and maybe they can give us more information.
1: Okay. I it, agree. Very good. And um, you notice there's no like current signs of construction. The uh, foundation seems to be in place of, of rock, but it's not like there are piles of lumber or, you know, carpenters, tools, or saw horses and, and uh, things set up. It's, it's uh, as if they got this far and either A, they abandoned the project, or B, they um, are at a stopping point and now they need to move, you know, transition from making foundation to making the rest of the building. Uh, but it's, some, it's for some reason, it's, it's stopped at this point in time.
3: Is there any sign of how they got the rocks there? Or is it just there are rocks here? There aren't, like, well, flat roll, spots where they lo- might have piled them before? Roll,
1: roll me a survival check to see what you can determine just looking around. Six. There are flat spots everywhere, but uh, you can't... I mean, it just looks like people were here doing construction and pounding down mm-hmm. the earth and... and uh, With uh, being the beginning of fall, it hasn't sprung back Mm -hmm. up again.
3: Flat spot. I'm going to camp there. Okay. And I camp in a bowl because I rolled a six on my survival and I wake up soaked.
1: Yes, probably. You you end up camping in a stream and it just starts pouring down here into your sleeping bag. Straight through. Yeah. Anybody else want to do any other investigations of this uh, interesting site?
3: I'll poke around. I'm kind of curious. Yeah.
1: Okay. I like
0: the idea of
3: a halfway house on this road, so I might want to poke around and see if there's anything interesting.
2: Okay. Uh, I why don't you she... I'd actually like to ask Jade if she'd do that too, especially like maybe say thirty to forty yards away and maybe she might detect something maybe but been like maybe the reason there there's nobody here is that there's no one left to be here, like graves or something.
1: Okay. So actually why don't uh, Jade and, and Adri, why don't you give me investigation checks?
2: Now I checking too.
1: Okay, go ahead and you as well, Noan.
3: We're seven close. I know nothing about the woods apparently. I have an
1: eighteen. <laughs> and Jade?
3: Twenty four okay. or twenty-nine.
1: Okay. Um so um Yeah, Adri is, is just looking around and it's just kind of puzzling to him. Uh Noan, uh you get to see a little more there. Um you do kind of fe- find places where it's like, oh, well, here's a you know a discarded, um, broken tool, you know, a, a a chisel or something like that, and uh, oh yeah, this this looks like there's a pile of of uh, stone chips here. This this is probably where they were you know rounding off the the stones so they fit in there perfectly. Here's a, here's a little bit of lime, so this is where they're probably putting the the uh, cement together. Um,
3: Someone's lost ten millimeter socket.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, um, but, uh, nothing, nothing too much more than that, but it does appear to be, you know, up at least up until recently a going construction site. And, um, then, uh, Jade, you just, uh, are just ferreting out all sorts of stuff and you, you can, you come back and say, well, yeah, that's clearly where the, uh, tent encampment was of whoever was here. There was probably half a dozen people, uh, judging by the size of it. Um, you know there's a a, back in the corner there's a trash pile underneath that uh, underneath the uh, the bushes over there and they've got basically the uh, trash from half a dozen people for about uh, two weeks worth of time so your your best guess is that they started this whole project about two weeks ago and then have left And, and once again it's unclear if they left because they've abandoned the project or because you know the foundation's done and now they need a whole new set of workers to come in and, and do the uh, carpentry part?
2: Um, while they're doing this, because I just had this this thought because I just literally thought about our past games. So kind of going back, uh, one thing Craval would be working on is with Arlen, was uh, helping him just get used to his new staff and and not not, not being a joke about it, but helping develop his muscle control while using that staff.
1: Okay, are you gonna spar with him, or what do you want to do?
2: Yeah, spar with him because you know my weapon and his weapon aren't that dissimilar. Mm-hmm. So just it's probably more role playing than anything else. But if it maybe generates something in real life, who knows? Yeah. But that's what he would do, especially with Arlen being not without his normal means of defenses and whatnot.
1: Sounds good, and of course, you know you're you're sparring back and forth, and one of them gets uh, uh, you, you know Arlen gets distracted, and you hit him on the knuckles, and and. Uh, then he goes and tackles you, and then the other two hobbits come in and tackle you, and and uh, and uh, so let's actually. Uh, why don't you give me um, each of you? Give me a series of three attack rolls.
2: Don't worry, Arlen. I will not rage.
1: That would be hilarious.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna a go, reckless ra- go reckless. Go reckless. Oh, uh, hilarious! Is rolling a four and then rolling a nineteen and a natural twenty. Okay. And Arlen.
1: I got two fifteens and a twenty-two. Okay. So um the sparring In is to going to death Berlin while he there sparring. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so the uh the sparring goes very, very well. And uh the two of you other um, you do notice that uh Krival kind of overextends himself. He he kinda underestimates your ability with the staff and uh, you realize that was kind of foolish on his part because of course you used to have to use a crook on the uh, flock of sheep all the time so you're actually pretty handy with two-handed weapons and uh, so he you know you you don't actually hit each other but you kind of do the thing where you just you know zing right up next to the person's head or something like that and so you totally have him uh, dead to rights and then Craval gets serious about this and it's a totally different fight and you guys are battling back and forth and and uh, the both of you um, make a quote-unquote you know strike um, but then something interesting happens. So you got, you are rolling in and you you got the 22. So you thought you had a fantastic, uh, blow to make at him, but then he comes back with a counter move that you've never seen before, where he just sort of whips it to the side, comes around and, um, it's a little too effective. And he actually connects with the butt end of the glaive right to your temple hard, not hard enough to do damage, but hard. I mean, it rings your bell and makes you step back a couple of steps. And Arlen, roll for me a firebolt attack on Craval.
3: <laughs> oh, good.
1: Does the 25 hit? So all of a sudden, a firebolt oh. comes out of, oh, sorry, out of Arlen's Arlen So now you can <laughs> roll the hit. Make, make that 26. Sorry. comes out and blasts you, Craval. Roll damage, please. We Hold
3: on, he looks so excited. Oh man, I can cast magic! I believe again. It was 3d10. Uh, take 25 points of fire damage.
1: Oh wow, so this firebolt just comes out and blasts you, Kraval. And for I the rest of 10, you that are, are, uh, are watching, you guys all of a sudden have this deja vu moment where you think back to that very first fight with the wolves. Way back in Loford, when you first got together as a militia group, and Arlen came running up to the wolf and blasted it with fire, and the same look of shock and surprise that was on his face when he blasted the wolf is, is now on his face as he blasted Craval. And Arlen, you all of a sudden feel a connection again to the magic, and you realize that you can cast cantrips again. And it's sort of like that feeling after you get when you've been overexercising too much and, you know, everything hurts. And so, I mean, you can kind of move, but you definitely don't. You can feel like you can walk, but you can't run. But you can ca- you can feel like you can cast cantrips again.
3: I'm a level one. You're a level one. I'm, you're at least level three.
0: Well, okay, but that just means we need to, like, punch Arlen enough to deal damage to him, and eventually he'll be able to cast all the levels of spells. <laughs> so I'll hit him, like, four times, and just as a fireball's about to erupt on him, I'll, we can just chuck him in the bad guys.
2: <laughs>
3: I have, like, uh, ten spell slots I can use to heal him. Wait, Arlen, what's your armor class? Sixteen. I have to roll a three to hit him. <laughs> I I think that this might be something that'll take a little while to actually... I don't
2: think striking young Arlen here is the way to help him with his powers. However, and I am saying this as I have huge amounts of blisters covering my scales, that it is obvious that your powers will return in time. I think we should keep doing what we're doing, and before long you'll be better than you ever were. You can spar with all of us, one a day. Let's hit him with the up. staff
0: a few more times, so let's see what that does. Or
1: just... Maybe just have him try cantrips instead of sparring. Maybe just like set up a little target.
2: Magic fight, oh, that works too. Arlen, what else can you do besides toast the dragonborn?
1: You can milk cows. <laughs> I can milk cows, real good. I should probably um, clarify
2: that. As far you cost you cost this fireball or fire, small fireball like I've seen before. What else can you do?
3: Um, I think I can cast all of my cantrips. So like. Shocking grasp, Ray of frost.
2: Oh, you know what? I like the name of that other, that first one here. Try to give me shocking grasp instead of burning me.
3: This is also gonna be painful, and I guess I'll try shocking grasp. No, no,
2: don't don't bother don't bother rolling the hit. I'm gonna hold on to your hand and let you hit me. Oh, okay.
1: Um, Super joy buzzer time. So just, boom. You get shocked. How much? Roll damage. Yes. You're casting the cantrip, right? Only twelve points of lightning damage. Question mark. And that's a good one for Creval.
2: That's actually six for me. Yeah. Let's let's do that from now on instead of playing with fire. Okay. If that's what one thing needs help you get your powers back is recasting things several times. We'll stick with that one because that one didn't hurt nearly as much. Yes,
1: lightning damage. Are you saying playing with fire is just playing with fire with him?
2: No, no, he'll play with
1: lightning with. Well, Prival.
2: I am a I am a barbarian by nature. I don't want to accidentally lose my cool, you know, becoming a hothead.
3: Yes, he'll play with lightning with Krival. He'll play with fire with, uh, no one. That
0: seems like a charged conversation.
3: Actually, are we still carrying around that uh, resist fire chainmail so we can play with, like play with fire with lots of people?
1: But yeah, so Arlen, you could try your other cantrips out on on other things, not not actually the party members. Healing
3: experience. Though. Yeah, so we can try uh, Blade Ward because that's a self.
1: Okay, and, and the the Blade Ward does appear around you.
3: Cool. Do we need to test the Blade Ward?
1: I'm all no. for it. I don't know if you want to, but I'm all for it.
2: I would like yeah. to rage and go reckless. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, we can try the magey hand. Uh-huh. And the ghostly hand appears and, and reaches down Chatius's uh, pants and pulls his underwear up.
0: Who knows, And
3: mending.
1: Ah, and so you're able to at least, uh, stitch up the, uh, garments that you burned a hole in, in, in uh, Krival's gear.
3: And then lastly, Ray of Frost.
1: Okay, and you're just gonna cast that, like, on a tree or something? And, and it does, in fact, get yeah. frosty. And it turns out to the dryad's tree, she kills you.
2: Well, that shows great promise. And your cantrips are,
3: like, relatively powerful, right? So.
2: I don't know, Sir Paladin. I'm sitting over here burnt to a crisp. You tell me.
3: I can help with that. Do you require assistance?
2: No, I'm sure a good night's sleep will restore most of it. Okay.
1: Very good. So, um, Arlen... You got a little bit of a ray of sunshine here, perhaps here at the end of the day that uh, things might be improving. And anybody want to do anything else before you settle down for the evening?
2: Uh, not much. I, don't, I, I now realize I should have brought this up before we left town, but next time we get to town, if we want to buy more magic potions, the bandolier I have is completely empty.
1: Yeah. That would probably be a good thing to think about before you left. Yeah. Probably could have stocked you up well and, and, uh, or to magnum if you wanted to
2: yeah i just didn't think about it
1: well if you want to divert to cholesqui it's only another day away and you could take and, a look there and i
0: can make healing potions with herbalism but i'd need like a day and
3: it's 24 and, hours per yeah yeah
0: i mean if there's any you know basic plants up here i could probably make start making them
2: yeah but we don't have eight days to waste to get full bandolier that's if we find all the herbs
3: i mean we could like base ourselves out of here and as uh no one like makes potions we could go and explore and then come back if we find anything
1: well the, the downside to that is you're pretty sure that the gnome home is somewhere high in the peaks here um mm-hmm. above you know the Colesque pheromons area and you could that would tie you down to going half a day up and half a day back at
2: best. Okay, let's put it to a vote. We could take one day to, or two days total because travel time coming back, go down to Kuleskway, fill up on potions and anything else that we can think of because we didn't think about it for leaving Porta Magnum or Faramons and do that now or we just press forward and just deal with the fact we don't have potions.
0: Wait, wait, can't Connor just like rapid fly somewhere and pick some up? He's got a Pegasus.
1: What is the A day is still guess, a day though.
0: Yeah. A day walking is not a day
3: flying. Yeah, um where's Monster Manual? right
1: here. Let us take a look.
3: So I think what's what's our travel speed been?
1: Um it's thirty-five miles a day. That's a good swift travel speed on on uh, mounted.
3: Thirty five miles a day. Uh how long do we travel? Like, how long are we, how, how fast are we going?
1: Well, you're probably going, um, you're probably traveling for, what, a good six hours each day or something like that, seven hours each day. Probably, I mean, probably it's nine, eight, because you got to take breaks for food and rest and. So
3: we're going like five miles an hour. Yeah. All okay. right. Um, let me find.
1: Yep. Yeah, about four or five miles an hour. Yeah.
3: Okay. So my fly speed is 90, which is like three halves of a horse speed. So I could go like seven miles an hour. So it would take me like two thirds of a day to go out and back instead of a full day. Uh,
1: Well, two thirds of a day to get there. Yeah.
3: So three halves days instead of two.
0: I don't know. I think I think someone uh, Pegasus would have to fly a little faster than that just to stay in the air.
1: Yep, that's what the that's what the book says, so
3: Yeah it flies it flies ninety feet per round, which is three halves of like a horse's
2: and you're horse's not ring. gonna push the Pegasus to its limits just to get to buy potions, so mm-hmm. we can like I so mean we're...
3: he could
0: and just resummon a fresh Pegasus.
2: No, it's the same Pegasus.
0: Union rules,
1: don't you know?
2: Well, so here's a, the question still stands. If we just send, even sending him away where it says wasting two days, we're wasting a day and a half. So we could literally travel half a day up the hill and then wait while he comes back. Or we just wait the one and a half days and he comes back with hopefully everything we want. Or we just go forward.
1: You do have a bunch of healing on board between the two of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and we've, we now know that our main healer is not going down quite as often in combat.
2: We hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 we we I say we press forward. I, I'm not that worried about it,
1: honestly. I say we press
2: forward as well, but we keep in the back of the minds the next time we're in a city, we load up.
1: And not just down at the tavern, right?
2: Correct. Yes. Of
3: course. We go to a like high end wine house and load, load up
2: there. Load up
1: there, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So, anybody want to do anything before you uh, conk off for the night?
2: I call first watch. I'll take third. Second. Okay.
0: Um, I guess I'll. Take
1: last. Let uh, let Jade and, and uh, Arlen sleep.
0: Or, I mean, maybe someone with a better perception maybe should take the last. I'll take the last. Well, we don't want Arlen doing that. He might, like, startle <laughs> and, like, blow up the
2: camp. I'm sorry. I have a weird question. I know this is a meta question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Of our elves in the group? Do any of you have that trance ability?
1: They're all half elves. No, we're half elves.
2: So yeah, I, think, I think we thing like where we can't
0: fall asleep by magical means but we still have to sleep eight hours
1: yeah. mm-hmm. okay never
2: mind yeah. so anyway I'll take first watch
1: okay so Jade were you gonna take fourth yeah I okay can. very good okay so you guys um knock off for the night and give me a perception check as you are keeping watch there creval 29. Okay. And with a 29, I mean, obviously you're, you're hearing every little squeak and rustle and it's quiet. It's too quiet. Um, It literally is too quiet. I mean, you, you are expecting to hear the normal noises of the night and you're not, I mean, you, you're expecting maybe there'd be a wolf or a coyote howl in the distance um, but instead there's just silence. Um, you're, you're barely even hearing the sounds of insects at this point in time. Um, it really does feel like the whole land around you is just dead and, uh, roll for me history real quick. Two. Okay. So yeah, it doesn't, doesn't ring any bells. Uh, but it, it does. I mean, it, the hackles on the back of your neck go up just cause it's too quiet and it just seems often suspicious. Um, just a little alarming, but that's all that happens during your night out. Um, so what's it say? Oh, they see, look at the comet. The comet, yeah, the comet is brilliant. And obviously where you guys are between Faramons and Calesque, there's not a single light to be seen. I mean, not, not even the farmhouses around here. I have it because they're all, all abandoned and yeah, it's pitch black and above you. The comet is going basically from one end of the sky to the other. And it's shining just absolutely brilliantly. And you remember the talk you had with the Royal Astrologer? And you noticed that, yes, indeed, it's almost connected the two constellations that he had called out. You know, you, the, the nose of it is almost in one and the tail of it almost extends to the other.
2: Well, I remember that. I know Drew doesn't, but do I remember the names of the two constellations?
1: Um, I'll have to go look them up. But I think it was what the it was the hunter and the serpent or something like that.
2: Uh, and again, because I have a horrible memory, who was on second watch?
1: That was Noan.
2: Okay, um, I'll wake Noan up, and then just before I go to bed, I'm going to f- spend a few moments and just uh, ritually cast commune. And I'm not asking for anything serious. I'm, not, I'm just asking the three things I just wanted to ask was, uh, does Lowall have a connection to this? Me, the comet is the comet going to strike the planet and is are are we heading in the approximate direction are we heading in the direction we need to to find the city
1: okay and you get no no and yes back in answer
2: excellent Then i'll just i'll just go to sleep
1: okay Okay, and Noan, give me a perception roll. Six. Okay, and um, you just notice it's quiet. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's almost pleasantly quiet for you. You know, you, you meditate very nicely, and you're kind of wondering why Arlen has so much trouble meditating, considering how quiet it is. Um, but I mean, you, you can actually kind of hear just everyone breathing, it's so quiet out. And the comet is bright above you, but uh, that's about all. You you don't you, you know, it's actually kind of serene because there's almost no rustling or anything in the bushes around. Us. There's nothing even to start your uh, attention.
3: Who breathes the loudest?
1: Um, that would definitely be uh, uh, Creval.
3: Makes
2: sense. I'm sorry, yes.
1: what? You're you're breathing the loudest of everybody.
2: Oh, most likely. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, he has rage breathing. Okay, and um, then Arlen, you are third up? No. No? Oh, no. and That's... and Cotter, you're third up? No, so as I wake
0: up, Cotter, I say, "Man, nice and quiet out. You should be able to, to
1: really relax.
3: Good to know, but I'll do my best to stay vigilant.
1: Okay, can I get a perception for you, Cotter? 19. Okay, and... You get the same sensation as does Krival. It's too quiet. It's alarming. You would expect to see some activity, especially you know this part of the, uh, the evening, that uh, you know, there should be some night foragers around, and there's just nothing going on. Uh, the, the closest thing that happens is you hear kind of a branch come loose in the, the trees behind you, and you can hear it cascading bang, 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 down through other branches to hit the ground. But it's not even a big branch.
3: Yeah, that's the worst When It's just like some noise Mm -hmm. somewhere. So it's just a disquieting late night experience. Yep. Then I'll wake up Jade when my watch is over and mention that it's a little quieter than it maybe should be. And then go to bed again.
1: Very good. And so, Jade, you're obviously in the last couple hours before dawn. Perfect time for a cat to be up. And uh, so, of course, you go around playing with everybody's toes and their bed rolls no. you know, and chasing. I chasing, really
3: don't. Yelling for food.
1: Yeah, meowing for food. You really don't. You hurt a hairball somewhere no. off in the corner. And, don't uh, do that either. Actually, you might do that. Yeah. No, I don't. You don't? Okay. No. And um, give me perception roll 12. So, Adrie probably should have done the uh, the watch, but oh well. Um, So yeah, it's it's quiet and it it does have you kind of on edge, Um, but um, there's you know nothing strange going on, Um, and then you hear some footsteps. It's someone coming down the road.
0: I was like, pat everyone awake.
1: Okay. Um, so all of a sudden, um, Jade is waking you up just way too soon.
3: How long have I been asleep?
1: What? Um, you've you've probably been asleep about an hour at this point in time. So kind of like, just enough to get nice and groggy.
3: Yeah, like a third of the way through yeah. the watch, a quarter.
1: Um, it's most of the way through the watch, and so you're you're uh, you, there's the uh, sun is just beginning to illuminate the hills, and you're getting that false dawn going on and uh yeah there's a small figure coming your way it's appears to be a halfling and it's got like a kind of a bag over one shoulder and maybe some you know carpenters or masonry tools over the other shoulder and it's just kind of coming down the roadway at you
0: well i'll i'll stretch and stand up and get ready to greet this traveler
1: okay and um he just comes walking on forward as if uh He's totally at his ease, um, like he's totally uh, even maybe not expecting to see people, but not surprised to see people here. Mm-hmm. And you know, it gets to be about what, you know, fifty yards away, hundred forty yards away, and and yeah, it's a, a halfling with a bunch of carpenters' tools over one shoulder and and a, a satchel bag over the other shoulder.
0: Well, I will greet this this halfling.
1: Very good. And hello there. Uh, and he just kind of kind of keeps going on um, about the same speed until he's just, you know, doesn't respond to anything until he's just about, uh, maybe about 30 feet in front of you. Um, and he uh, kind of thunks down his pack and drops the tools and kind of just crosses his arms across his chest. And and he says, what might you be doing? In my inn.
3: We're inside it.
1: Well, you're right there next to it.
0: You say, well, it was an inn. Um,
1: how much do you charge a night? He says, "Well, that's not really the point now, is it?" That's trespassing. Well, you should you should clear out.
3: Aren't we like right out next to it? Yeah.
1: You're definitely right next to it. But on, like on, right on the road. He says, you shouldn't be taking things that don't belong to you.
3: I'm sorry, sir, we're not in your
1: in. He says, no, but you're already taking stuff I needed. You took my box once. I had to take it back. Box?
2: I don't know. I'm sorry, did you say box or fox?
1: Box. What what box? He says, the one you stole from the beholder? I
3: guarantee
1: um, you wait,
0: that wait, was wait, not wait. us.
1: Um
3: no, 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 that, that was us. This, is, this isn't this is a gnome.
1: And with that realization, Arlen, all of a sudden, you know that Star Trek uh, illusion removal thing that they have where all of a sudden the, the image just kind of goes Wang! And all of a sudden you are looking at a low wall. And he says, I've had enough of you. And he just waves his arm at you. And all of a sudden, Jade... You find yourself all alone on an endless plane. It goes in all directions. It's a uniform gray. And the sky above you is black. And right there at the horizon, as far as you can see, is just kind of this little purplish denoter of where the horizon is. But it's very interesting for the rest of you. You're all standing there. And you can see the endless plane but it's just like a bunch of shadows and a low all looks at you and realizes that the illusion doesn't work on you anymore and he just hisses and he just waves his arm and he just disappears and that's where we're going to stop today okay well yeah the potions yeah oh my gosh talk about the dungeon master's nightmare that's about the last thing i wanted to have happen was to have them go and trek back to town and then back again it's like come on people let's just get the game going here um, but i mean it's nice to have a bandolier full of potions but still i mean now out in the wilderness i think it's the time we recognize that hey we should have done that before we left not an we full day from anywhere And then the stone foundation, uh, this is kind of goes all the way back to the very beginning of the game where I kind of realized, um, duh, there probably should be uh, some enterprising person that set up a inn halfway between each of the various cities that seem to be about two days apart. I mean, that only seems logical that somebody would have come across that idea. So there you go. I'm putting them in now. Uh, should have put them in before. There we are. And finally, what's going to happen with the party? Jade is now stuck on the Endless Plane. If you remember, she was the only member of the party that wasn't there when the Mind Traveler showed up. So she's stuck in there. The party isn't. They can shadowy see the illusion that Alois all tried to put on them. But they're fine, so... What are they going to do? Are they going to try to enter the illusion and help her break free? Are they going to try to find some other means to break her free from it? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.